This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is you Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast that follows our journey of investing. Whether you're an absolute beginner or approaching Warren Buffett status, our aim is to help break down your barriers from beginning to dividend. My name is Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you going? I'm very good, Bryce. Excited for this episode. Reporting season is over. The, it feels like there's a weight off my shoulder. We can talk about something else. Yes, yes. <laughs> Let's get into it. We have a big show coming up today. Going to kick off with what we've learned this week. Um, quick chat about the Bucks, of course. Uh, everyone's hanging on. Yeah, what did you learn at the Bucks? What I learned at the so Bucks. So much investing chat at the Bucks. God, Bryce wouldn't stop talking about it. <laughs> and then we're going to do a bit of a deep dive on Warner Brothers Discovery. Yes. Uh, we're going to talk about building an investment thesis and build both the bull and the bear case. Yes. So just a reminder before we start, we're not experts. We're not financial professionals. We're not licensed. We are here just learning like you and nothing on this podcast should be taken as advice. Now, Ren, uh, 33 days until FinFest, which is proudly powered by Stake. We cannot wait. The news here is that first release tickets are running out. Yes. They're currently at 47 bucks. This is an investing and finance show. You always want to be looking for a bit of additional money to yeah. get in the markets. So get them quick before they uh, get jacked up to the second release of $67. It's uh, going to be first in best dress for those on the day to grab some awesome merch. That is, uh, that is going to be available. And if you're interested in the program and uh, speaker lineup, it's available at equitymates.com slash FinFest. We have over 50 experts from around Australia, plenty of sessions to cover all level of investor. Now, Equity Mates, Bryce mentioned merch. Uh, when I first met him back at university, he was starting a sunglasses business, Summer Days. Yes. D-A-Y-Z-E. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. D- uh, yeah. And uh, he's bringing back the sunglasses at FinFest. If we, if supply chain issues don't erupt, yes, uh, Bryce is going to have Equity Mates branded sunglasses at FinFest, free, free of charge, free, free of charge. Oh, Equity Mates, hell yeah, we're gonna, yeah, yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna be dressed like some of the best in the business. That's for sure. So if you want to grab your merch pack, not only from Equity Mates but from some of the other uh, sponsors, such as our majors, Weno, Magellan, and Coinspot, thank you to those guys for uh, being major sponsors. They're all going to have some pretty epic mm. merch. 
merch as well. And people have probably seen Stakes merch on Instagram. Rumours are they'll be uh, there out in force. Yes. So even if you don't want to hear any of the speakers, even if you just want to get a goodie bag, um, worth yeah, it. That's it. Worth uh, it. All right, Bryce. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, let's keep going. Uh, we want to uh, keep going with this What We Learned This Week segment. Uh, the week was dominated by your bucks. It was. Probably not a lot of learning. Uh, I had a great time. We learned a lot about you. Yes. Learned about uh, your poor golf skills. <laughs> hey, 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 <laughs> nah, hey, hey. I already knew that. What am I saying? <laughs> now, nah, what did you learn? We went down to Barn Burgle for three days down in Tasmania and played two rounds of golf. Third best golf course in Australia, Something I learned. Like that. That's what I yes, learned. This that's week. what you learned. Uh, it was phenomenal. Had an awesome time. Um, learned that you can have a bucks without getting too ridiculous. Um, we had a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yeah. I, I loved it. Played two games of golf, watched plenty of footy. We were treated, so much sport. Treated to an awesome round, uh, AFL uh, finals round, and also the Wallabies who didn't get up. But anyway, it was it was awesome. Shout out to Jeffrey, the uh, yes. bartender at the sports bar. <laughs> Shout out to Jeffrey. <laughs> uh, I learned that you can make friends with bartenders at sports bars. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, well, let's, let's go back to investing. Um, You've got something here that you did learn, something investing related. So what did you learn? Well, it's yeah, not necessarily investing related, but uh, it just continues to surprise me how the power of social media and having a massive following leads to just doors opening in terms of investment opportunities and building businesses. Uh, I watched the, uh, the documentary you recommended with Ryan... Reynolds. Reynolds. And, and Rob buy, McElhaney. And, yeah, yeah, and buying Wexham over yeah. in Wales, a soccer club. And one of their whole parts of that is having a massive social following and they can bring uh, exposure to the club. Yep. And it came out at the time of recording that Kim Kardashian is now going into private equity in, okay. in partnership with uh, a former Carlisle partner. His name's Jay Sammons. Okay. And they're launching their own private equity fund leveraging the size of Kim Kardashian's social media account. Okay. And so they, they're going to be um, investing in media companies, skincare, all that sort of stuff. She already has a clothing company worth $3.2 billion. Yes, yeah, Skim. Skims, yes. And so this is just a, a reminder that I personally and you personally, Ren, need to get our social media accounts up there so we can start <laughs> la- launching side ventures. So let me ask you this then. If Kim Kardashian knocked on our door here at Equity Mates, would you take the Kim Kardashian buyer? <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> She's focusing on media businesses. So, I mean, yeah, this is great for us. But it's it fascinates me um, that, you know, a, a former private equity guy, Jay, who worked at Carlisle, now teaming up. It fascinates you that someone wants to work with a celebrity that might be the least fascinating thing <laughs> well, no, no. his sole reason well not sole reason but his driver was that she's just got a massive account so it makes the investments that they take let's it's then they just put the might of however many millions of followers yeah yeah, yeah. ashton kutcher of all people was the pioneer of this in the venture world and so many celebrities have really followed since but he Remember how he had the biggest Twitter account for a while Mm -hmm. Um, and he used that and then went to all these hot um, VC rounds and said, let me invest but give me a discount on the round Mm. because of my profile and he got discount access to like 
I want to say Airbnb and a couple of other big names um, in that sort of early 2010s period just because he had such a big platform. And then that, then we, that's when we saw like all the sports stars, mm. you know, like the Golden State Warriors who were in San Fran, they were all became VCs in their own right, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and then it's gone on from there. Mm. Serena Williams is a VC now. Yes, yeah. Um, Just using profile. So the next investor in Equity Mates needs to have over 100 million followers. Or equity mates needs a <laughs> Yeah, or equity mates needs a hundred million. Raise your ambitions. <laughs> anyway, anyway, if you're interested in the story, check it out. Kim Kardashian uh, has teamed up with um, we'll, we'll do something, Jay Salmon. We'll do something about that on the dive. Sasha's actually already messaged the group with it. So okay, um, nice. head over to the dive's uh, podcast and you check can it listen out. to that. Well, Ren, what have you learned? Commonwealth Bank, this is a message to you. Your spend tracking on your app sucks. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> now, I have always been a bit of a vibe guy when it comes to tracking my spending, but this market downturn is such a big opportunity that I figured now's the right time to like squeeze every penny, get more money into the market. I sold my car. There's a, there's a bit of a backstory there, but the, it kind of ruins the, the headline, which is I sold my car to get liquidity. Yes. <laughs> uh, when I tried to categorize my spending on Commonwealth Bank, they have these broad, unhelpful categories. You can't add your own category. You can't add your own subcategories. And it just, it was a mess. Like we, tr- we bought a bunch of booze for the bucks and my choices to categorize it were groceries, shopping, or like entertainment. Mm, why why can't i make my own category alcohol Mm. and then see how much i'm spending or uber eats anyway we did a whole episode on saving to invest tracking your spending on get started investing but in case anyone from common bank is listening here you have fifty thousand headcount you have half a trillion dollar mortgage book (laughs) you power half the retail investors in australia surely the might of your company can be turned to Add your own category or rename your a category. Maybe they don't want you to, Ren. Maybe they anyway, don't want you that's to. my appeal. <laughs> that's nice. what I've learned. Good learning. Well, let's um, let's move to the meat of this episode. And over the last couple of weeks, Ren, uh, we've had two major TV show premieres. We've had the House of the Dragon, which was the Game of Thrones prequel, yep. and we've had the Rings of Power which was the Lord of the Rings prequel as well. Yep. One on Amazon Prime and the second over on HBO. Yep. And, uh, man, it's been a great couple of weeks. I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. <laughs> and we haven't been thinking about investing, so let's do our <laughs> recaps of the show. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> nah, so Amazon Prime, everyone knows. We've spoken about Amazon way too much. Every, media talks about Amazon way too much. There, there wasn't really an interesting story there. But... The owner of HBO Max is a company that was only created in April of this year, Warner Brothers Discovery. And there's an interesting conversation to be had about this company. I think it gives us some indication of where the streaming world is going. But we wanted to take this company, talk about it because we haven't spoken about it on the show before and then build a two theses. Do both sides this company, build a bull case and build a bear case to I guess sort of show how we would think about building a thesis. Mm. So let's start with the company, Warner Brothers Discovery, Bryce. It only started in April this year, but Warner Brothers has been around since the 1920s. It has been kicking around for a while, Ren, and you're right, only been around after the merge of two uh, slowly dying cable TV channels, Warner Brothers and Discovery. 
Hence why we're at Warner Brothers Discovery. Yeah, so <laughs> the, these guys were titans of cable TV. You're mm. right. Warner Brothers, so take a step back, Hollywood royalty, um, started in the 1920s, made the first ever movie with talking. That's a little trivia fact for you. Do you know what it was called? No. The Jazz Singer. So singing. Uh, and talking. Okay, nice. All in the same one. <laughs> they own the DC Comics franchise, yep. Superman, Batman, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, massive IP from our childhoods, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings. Mm. They own a number of cable channels, HBO, CNN, TBS, TNT. Yeah. They love a three-letter acronym. Uh, and they operate two streaming services, HBO Max and the very, very short-lived CNN+. CNN+. Plus. Yeah. And then you've got Discovery on the other side, Ren, which was a giant in factual entertainment. Plenty of good docos over on Discovery. They operated a number of lifestyle channels, Discovery Channel, Animal Planet, Science Channel, TLC, The Food Network, HGTV, not sure what that one was, and then Travel Channel. Yeah. HGTV. Maybe it gives me infomercial vibes for some reason. Maybe, but maybe, that, <laughs> maybe it's like Home and Gardens TV. And then they. Should uh, we keep speculating? <laughs> then they had a, a streaming channel as well, or a streaming service, sorry, Discovery Plus. But in April, ATT spun out Warner Brothers and uh, Warner merged with Discovery, getting us to this point now, which is Warner Brothers Discovery. Yeah, so AT&T shareholders own 71% of the company, Discovery shareholders own 29% of the company, but it is now a streaming giant, I guess. It's a media conglomerate that is making the transition from mm. the world of cable channels to the world of streaming. Mm. They've got four main revenue segments. The cable, te- cable TV is still meaningful for them, although cord cutting is increasing like the rate of cord cutting is increasing but tv from cable subscription and advertising streaming they did quickly shut down cnn plus there's a whole story in that but they do continue to operate two other streaming services discovery plus and hbo max and i don't know where you sit on on that but hbo for me is by far and away the best producer of TV shows. 100%. Yeah, great. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about some of their IP later. Showtime is also up there, but yeah, HBO is. So good. Yeah. But that, that is like a, that is the lukewarmest of lukewarm takes. I know, that's, yeah. Like everyone agrees that yeah. HBO is the best. I yeah. wonder why they're the best though. Like is it the people in that building? Must be. Because like surely just Netflix just, and Disney create, are trying to poach those create people. awesome shows. Anyway, let's keep going. Yeah, anyway. So TV is number one. Streaming number two. They license content to other media businesses, game studios. Classic example of that would be if us sitting here in Australia, we can't sign up to HBO Max. Mm. We sign up to Binge yep. that has all of HBO Max's content. That would be There would be some licensing deal there. So that's number three, and then number four, um, they own some movies, or they send they send some of their stuff to movies. I actually don't think they own any movie cinemas. No, but they make box office, make box Spite, office stuff, Superman, etc. There's a whole side note about how they pulled a bunch of stuff off their streaming services, but and to try and push it back into box office. Anyway, you've got some details on the competitors, yeah. and importantly for this conversation, how they measure up. With streaming subscribers. Yeah, so quick recap of uh, of the competitive landscape. So Warner Brothers have a market cap of about 30 billion and 92 million subs across everything that we just went through there. But then you've got Disney, Netflix and Paramount 
I don't actually have Amazon Prime here either and didn't put in YouTube. So we've got Disney with a market cap of 205 billion, so much, much larger than Warner Brothers. And they have 152 million subscribers, so just just under um, double Warner Brothers. Netflix, market cap of about 100 billion and 220 million subscribers. They lead the way in that space. And then Paramount, they're the smallest of them all with a market cap of about 15 billion and only 64 million subscribers. So Warner Brothers, not the smallest. Uh, in terms of market cap v subs, doing pretty well for themselves. Yeah, now they're, they're like the pure play competitors. So that's a really sort of clean look at market cap and subs. Disney obviously have like a parks business and an yeah. entertainment business, but that gives you a pretty good idea. Um, some of the other competitors, so Amazon has about 200 million subscribers, uh, and but they have a $1.3 trillion market cap. Yeah. But... And then they have a web services business. Yeah. <laughs> uh, YouTube, that they, they don't have a lot of subs. Like 23 million, I think, is their number. They expect to get like to 25 million subscribers. Um, Apple TV. This is a vibe. This is pure vibe. But I feel like Apple TV has been a bit of a flop. Maybe. What do you reckon? We pay for it, but I just don't don't really know what we use it for. Anyway, let's- The Apple let's... TV box, like the, again, Apple nail electronics, oh, yeah. like yeah. hardware. That's good. That's epic. Yeah. But the streaming service, like the content creation business. Mm, don't need it. I, yeah, I think we pay for it as a house as well. Apparently, they have 40 million according to Barron's, but they don't split it out, I think. Right. Yeah. Okay, so they've got plenty of franchises as well within Warner Brothers. <laughs> they, they do. I In our doc, I screenshotted something from uh, their company presentation. Which one of these doesn't seem to fit? So <laughs> in their, in their um, franchises, they, they called out something like their big IP, Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman, uh, Shark Week, Game of Thrones, 90 Day Fiance Universe and Harry Potter. <laughs> Shark Week. <laughs> no, Shark Week's big. Like that's Discovery's. Like it's big thing. I'm just looking at it now. Forty million viewers in the week. What? What the hell is Massive. the ninety day fiance universe? Oh, universe suggests that there's like a whole world of IP out there. <laughs> true. True. Uh, there was someone who just needed to like uh, fit fill something the in. slide. Yeah, fit, fit something in. <laughs> I mean, like. Lord of the Rings could have gone there. So we've had a merger between Warner Brothers and Discovery to form Warner Brothers Discovery uh, after being spun out from AT&T. They've got a, a f- four main revenue streams and are in a pretty competitive landscape at the moment, as we know, and we've spoken about a number of times on the show. So then it comes down to, well, how do we formulate an investment thesis? What's the bull case and what's the bear case for a company like Warner Brothers? And uh, after the break, we're going to turn our attention to building both of these bull cases and bear cases. So stick around. Uh, We'll just take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Now, Ren, before we jump into the bull and bear case, I want to give a quick shout out to the new Equitymates Community Forum. Yes. We are off, well, we are no longer engaging as much as we did in our Facebook community group. Facebook is not great for engaging curated conversation we have built our own forum mm. it is now available on the website equitymates.com think of it as reddit but for equity mates yeah that's it Th- yeah that think of it like that um but look yeah as bryce said the conversation became a little bit unstructured as you scale a facebook group because it's difficult to search previous questions so people often ask the same questions but it's also like there are people of very different investment levels in the same group and some people want to talk about, you know, the net present value of Apple's cash flows and other people want to ask what broker to sign up with and those two conversations don't sit well together in a forum. Uh, so the, this forum gives us a chance to structure conversations but the most exciting thing for me as the person that has to go through and weed out the bots there are no bots. <laughs> there are no bots yet. There are no bots. So, look, you're going to hear us chatting about it over the next few months. Um, it's an awesome place to be at the moment. We're looking – it's now open for, for our entire community to come and join. So head to equitymates.com, create, create an account and uh, crack in. Here's one tease if we haven't sold it to you yet. An expert investor we just interviewed told us about a free book. His book recommendation was free. He told us where to get it. I'll share that on the forum. Nice. So if you want a free expert recommended book, come jump across to the forum. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. All right, Ren. Well, let's take a look at the bull case for Warner Brothers Discovery. And we've titled it, This is the Next, Perhaps Better, Disney. Yes. All right. (laughs) So now important to keep in mind as we talk about these cases, we're doing both a bull and a bear case. So don't switch the podcast off halfway through this segment and then go and buy because also don't take investing recommendations from a podcast. That's it. But we were taking a look at Warner Brothers Disney and we wanted to sort of, I guess, show how we would go about starting to build a thesis on both sides of the debate. So- Bryce, this is the next perhaps better Disney. So Warner Brothers is making the transition from cable to -to direct-to-consumer streaming. And there will be challenges, there will be costs in that transition. But beyond that, once they get through that valley, there is so much upside and plenty of free cash flow to be had. They have this incredible asset base. The DC Comics universe, all of those superheroes, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones... The challenge is to emulate what Disney do. Which is what? Which we've called extend their IP. Now, you're a big fan of Disney, not investment of... <laughs> now, you you speak about Disney a lot. So, mm. talk to me about the Disney business model. Well, as you said, Ren, it is all about extending their IP. So, let's use Mickey Mouse as, as an example. They've created an incredibly strong IP in Mickey Mouse. Yes. Or, they, or they go out and buy it like Star Wars. Yep. And then they take that and spread it everywhere and monetize it in as many different ways as possible. They have theme parks. They've got Disneyland. They've got Mickey Mouse walking around in 
you know, a, a bloody mascot. We get, we get yeah. what P-Parks are. <laughs> <laughs> they have shows, Disney on Ice. They have merch. They have, you name it, they will leverage that IP in as many different ways as possible. They literally have cruises. You True, can go cruises. on a Disney cruise yes. and be surrounded by Disney characters. Yeah, so that that's an awesome example of um, taking strong IP and leveraging it in many in many different revenue streams as possible. Yeah, that's what Disney are best in class at. Mm. Yeah, and mm. the, the argument would be, well, this is Warner Brothers' opportunity as well. They have incredible, powerful incredibly powerful IP. Here's the number for you. This year, Emmy nominations have come out. Warner Brothers Discovery won the most. 193 Emmy nominations. Wow. Feels like a lot. I couldn't tell if that, I couldn't find if that was a record or not. Feels Uh, like it. Well, I guess I would have been able to find it if it was a record. So, but 193 Emmy nominations and Bryce, to back up your argument about HBO, Mm Mm-hmm. 140 of them from HBO. Wow. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Point proven. So I guess imagine <laughs> <laughs> next. <laughs> so I guess like imagine a Warner Brothers world with Superman, Batman, Harry Potter, Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah, all yeah. All these epic worlds, which are, in in some instances they do extend all this, but they don't have that. Well, yeah, they do. They're in on the Gold Coast, Movie World. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get we'll Tiny. get to that. We'll get to that. Um, <laughs> who, who goes to Movie World? Is it even open? Well, it was. Was it? But Bryce, when we were talking about extending the IP Mm. and building the bull case Mm -hmm. for Warner Brothers, Disney, too kids focused. Well, I don't think too kids focused, but they just (laughs) are kids focused. Yeah. No, well, (laughs) in building building the case for Warner Brothers, that's what you would say. Too kids focused. (laughs) Kids don't have disposable income. Yeah, you'd know you'd say- How powerful is Pesca Power? You'd say adult opportunity. (laughs) Sure, you could say For Warner Brothers or Disney- have an opportunity to go in adults if we're building the bill well, case. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> anyway let's very kids focused. focused. What do you mean by kids focused? Like all their IP, their parks, their cruises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's driven by the kid. Mickey, Star Wars, mm, Pixar, mm, like mm. they're incredible IP, but the the IP is focused on kids. Yes. Now, kids is a massive advantage because parents are willing to spend a lot of money on their kids. Kids don't Oops. understand the value of a dollar, so they'll pester you into paying $15 a day to skip one line at a theme park or to go to Florida to go to a theme park in the first place. Pester power is incredible. You can sell a lot more merch like toys and stuff like that. So Disney have a good strategy. They're a good company. Mm. It's the interesting conversation with Warner Brothers is all their adult-facing IP, all their adult-facing content, like what are their opportunities there that are different to Disney? Yeah, it's a good question. I don't have an answer, but I'm just thinking that your your appetite, the older and older you get, like you have to be very creative in how you extend the IP. Yeah, well, business isn't easy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, yeah, anyway, we've, but, got, we've got some other examples of shows here, all of which I'm looking at, and I've loved all of them. Curb Your Enthusiasm, Band of Brothers, True Detective, Sopranos, Game of Thrones, Succession. Yeah. Like they are all epic shows. And we could have kept listing, but we just figured like you guys you get know it. what HBO does. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're pretty good. So this is just a very high level understanding of building a thesis. Ren, obviously, if you were going to do this properly, you'd think about other things like management. You'd look at balance sheet. You'd look at the competitive landscape in a bit more detail. 
but th this is just one sort of way that you could approach it and look at what what is their growth opportunity and and you know they've got a, a large bank of assets here. Just to close out the adult conversation, I have some ideas. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's so <laughs> like stage shows, like Harry Potter had the stage show knockoff. You could do something like that with some of these things. The Sopranos on Ice. <laughs> This is my uh, thing though. Like the no, hold on. I've got more <laughs> spin-off movies. So all these TV shows, like where's the, I mean, uh, HBO did an Entourage movie, not great, but like where's the True Detective movie, mm -hmm. the Sopranos movie, that the Succession movie, like there's a bunch of money to be made there. Video games. Warner Brothers have a video game studio. How can I play as Wyatt Roy and the Succession video game? <laughs> Roy uh, Wyatt. Video. So video games are board games. Yeah, yeah. Monopoly, Succession Monopoly. Yeah. Like where's that at? <laughs> um, themed bars. Good one. Yeah. That's better. I like, like that. Curb Your Enthusiasm themed bar or like in the latest season of Curb Your Enthusiasm, Larry mm -hmm. starts a like a spike coffee shop. Mm -hmm. Knock a few of those up around <laughs> LA. Like okay. let's get that going. <laughs> let's go. And... My last question to you, Bryce. What does an adult theme park look like? Not fun for me. <laughs> yeah. What about, no, it, no. Think about like golf simulator driving range. Yeah. Other things that I can't think <laughs> Themed of. Themed bars. No, because Monopoly. it's like when we think of theme parks, is we they've been optimised for kids. Yeah, yeah. No, but like I what's like, what's, imagine where we could have gone at the Warner Brothers Bucks Party theme park. It would have been a no from me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's a few free ideas for Warner Brothers. But then I guess I guess the the serious part of this conversation is to your point about this is the start of a thesis. Then it's what does that revenue look like? Mm. What does that cost line look like? Mm. You would probably look at like a Netflix to take the streaming business and model out those costs, content costs, platform costs. You'd probably then look at a Disney to take out the extending the IP business their parks, stuff like that, what the cost and um, revenue looks like there. Then you model that out for a number of years and then you discount the future cash flow back to the present value. And, you've also and that's got, the hard you've, part. You've also <laughs> got to have some indication that they are going to do something like this. Yeah, yeah, you like, can't just, you can't make just a be like, yeah, you can't just be like they're gonna create adult theme parks, and this is my valuation. Well, that's when you become an activist investor. You buy five percent of the company. You write an open letter to the board, and you say, yeah. if you don't do it, I'm gonna cause I'm trouble. I'm out. Well, let's turn to the to the bear case. Before Ren. we do, there is a clear and obvious rebuttal to the bull case that I think it is important to say, which is that Warner Brothers has had multiple opportunities to do this, this extend your IP. Like they've had this epic IP for ages. Mm. They own DC Comics since 1969. They own Six Flags, so that massive chain of amusement parks in America up until 1998. They've had this opportunity and they haven't executed it. So my challenge with the bull case is why is now different why is this latest merger going to spark the opportunity that didn't spark when AT&T owned them or when they merged with AOL mm. that wasn't a great period for them <laughs> or like any of the previous iterations of Warner Brothers they never really became the Disney yeah what's what's, what's different them? now yeah and so that's when you talk about management and stuff like that well that brings us to the bear case side ren and whilst we did say that uh the bull is perhaps uh warner brothers becoming the better disney the flip side is that you could say and argue that their assets are 
shit and their balance sheet is shitter. <laughs> and that all depends on which side of the content fence you sit on. I mean, the balance sheet is pretty objective, so but let's, we'll get there. Let's start, with, let's start with the content because we did just spend 20 minutes talking about how good uh, a stable of assets and IP Warner Brothers has, but then when you compare it with some of their competitors, arguably it might not be as strong. Yeah, I think this is a this is a six of one, half a dozen of the other. Like there's so much debate about Marvel v DC. Yeah. Um, Pixar I think is pretty incredible. But you put Pixar up against Harry Potter, Pixar probably just wins. Mickey Mouse against Game of Thrones, like who wins? Like either way, they're like incredible assets. Yeah. I think that's the point. But... Are they as strong? Yeah. 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 Well, they certainly don't have the extension that we've just spoken about. So let's let's move to... Oh, and I think the, the reason we say that is you just want to invest in the best. Like over and over again, what we've learned in this world of investing is like you look at the mistake a lot of investors make is look at the second best and think if they can just become... It's going to come better. The, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like if they can just trade at the price to earnings ratio that the best trades at, yeah. I'll make money. Yeah. But like... The best is the best, the best for a reason. For a reason. Yeah. They trade at the premium for a reason. That's just something we sort of learnt in so many industries over our few years of doing this. So let's have a look at the balance sheet then, Ren, because the transition from cable to streaming is absolutely killing uh, Warner Brothers and, and streaming across the board is hurting yeah. a lot of companies. Yeah. It's a cash cash black hole. Yeah. 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 And, and like you lose operating leverage as you transition out of cable because like cable, high fixed cost, low variable. I mean like some variable cost, but it's like the content, content. cost is fixed and then you spread it over more subscribers so you get more revenues. Uh, you have more eyeballs so you get more advertising revenue. As you lose those subscribers and those advertiser eyeballs, you lose that leverage that you had and if your content cost stays fixed, you lose more and more money mm. as people cut the cord. So it's it's a really difficult transition to make but the alternative is you just withdraw completely. Yeah. Then you're breaking contracts and you, there's probably cost there but then you have to recoup it all on the subscription side. So like it's a really difficult transition to make mm. and at the same time as you're making that transition – you're cannibalizing your cable business with your subscriber business. Mm. So it's difficult. I don't envy those executives at all. Let's have a look at their cash position, Ren. They've got four big ones, four billion on <laughs> cash on the balance sheet. $4 billion cash on the balance sheet, but gross debt of 53 billion. Heaps of debt. Heaps of debt. <laughs> <laughs> Paying hundreds of millions of dollars in interest on that debt every year. Mm. So $53 billion in debt, $4 billion in cash means they've got $49 billion net debt. Now, to put that in context, this company makes $10 billion in revenue a year and about a billion dollars in profit a year. So do the maths on paying off $50 billion in debt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's going to take a while. And the important thing to say is that the streaming industry is slowing. Like yeah, yeah. people are- It's going to get harder and harder. People are cancelling subscriptions because it's too crowded. And the cost of debt is rising. Mm, so mm. Um, interest rates are going up. This is a dumpster fire waiting to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did write that in the doc, didn't we? Now, remember, this is if you're making the bear yeah, case. That's the kind the of thing case. you would say if yeah. you're making the bear case. <laughs> what you could see is a fire sale on some assets to free up cash to service the debt. Now, Gee. that's not great. No, you don't want to be doing that. That has happened before for in Warner Brothers history. They got acquired by AOL in like 1998 or 1999. 
you know what happened to AOL in like 2000, 2001? Bust. The tech bubble burst. Mm. Um, I think they, they actually ended up just selling AOL for like a fraction of the valuation when the merger happened. But you wouldn't want to see them have to like sell. No, it's just it's just like basic personal finance. You don't want to sell assets to cover. Imagine if they had to sell debt like payments. Imagine if they had to sell HBO, Lord of Thrones. <laughs> oh yeah, well imagine that. <laughs> but like Lord of the Rings, yeah. the IP to that to Disney, yeah, or like DC Comics. You probably couldn't sell it to Disney, but you'd sell it to like Netflix. Yeah, I mean, I'm, we're not saying that's going to happen, but like that's the risk of a highly levered company that they have to sell a prize asset at some point to cover that debt. So that's the downside. Now, Bryce, I want to put it in some context into some research that we found. So Warner Brothers Discovery, uh, their net leverage is five, five times. According to one media analyst we found, like an analyst of the media industry, they don't want to look at companies above three times. Uh, For comparison, Comcast is about two and a half times. Disney is about 2.2 times. So they're more leveraged than, they've got more debt than their competitors, I think is the first thing. And, and we spoke about the one risk of debt, which is the risk of having to sell assets. Yeah. The other risk is can you keep up in the content arms race? Because there is mm. a content arms race. Mm. Amazon have spent $715 million on buying the rights and making, making the first season of the Rings of Power. Yeah. $715 million. This company has $4 billion on its balance sheet. Yeah. <laughs> For context, remember who you're playing against. Apple, mm. Google, and Amazon in the streaming wars now, as well as like Netflix and Disney. Cash City. Apple, Amazon, Google. I think all of them have like 50 billion plus cash on their balance sheet. Easy. Yeah. So that is the challenge. Can Warner Brothers keep up in the content arms race and service that debt? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, doesn't Apple have something like 200B or something on their balance sheet? Probably, yeah. yeah, yeah something yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah, and that that really is a, a quite a compelling argument to add to a bull case, bear case a bear case i'm actually not done i've still got one more point oh hit us <laughs> <laughs> so uh we've spoken about debt which the quality of their assets are they as good as disney the debt that we've spoken about the final one is the difficulty in streaming so streaming isn't profitable for basically anyone at the moment mm. the company uh warner brothers have said streaming will start to become profitable for them at 130 million global subscribers they're at 90 yeah. million Do you reckon that's doable? Well, I'm surprised at how some of these uh, streaming services have grown from zero to close to 100 pretty quickly. Yeah, but then others haven't, like Apple. Yeah, but others have sort of fallen. I think they're they're in a good position with the assets they've got, but um, putting on another 40 million in this day and age, it's hard to tell. It's It's really hard to tell. The other thing to keep in mind is the company have said they're going to merge their streaming services. So HBO Max and Discovery Plus will become one with all of CNN's stuff in there as well. I don't know what the overlap between those two is, but there will be some overlap. Um, So they'll take a step back before they take a step forward. I reckon they'll get to 130 mil. I mean, if HBO Max was here in Australia, I feel like we'd both be signing up. No, I've got got binge. Well, no, but binge would lose the content. They would lose the licensing deal. Yeah, Yeah. true. Anyway, so that's the bear case. Ren, I can't see um, 40 million is a lot. Uh, They added net... Two oh net one point seven last quarter I think so like that's something but it's something but like you've got like the time to get to forty million versus the costs that are going to continue to increase to compete with everyone else who's sucking away those potential forty million is only going to get more and more yeah so, so that's the bear case that's the bear case so yeah. bull v bear that's how you build it um, that's how that's a high level. 
uh, then you get into build, the financials and, and all that stuff. But that yeah. that's not. That's not easy to explain. No, over. no. I'm moving to self, say three. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could do a we could do a deep dive on management, for example. We could do a deeper dive on some of their competitors, um, but this is just a uh, a high level starting point for how you could think about book building a bull and a bear. Sure. If you have a bullet, if you have a company that you'd like to uh, get a high level go, starting get point, get a high <laughs> level starting point on a bull and a bear, hit us up. We'll give it our best. That does bring us to the end of today's episode. Make sure you go and check out the dive where we've done plenty of content on streaming and also uh, most recently a deep dive on uh, House of Dragon, House of the Dragon and Power. Power of the ring. <laughs> rings of Power. <laughs> and Rings of Power and uh, how much Amazon has spent yeah. on, um, on making that TV show. It's phenomenal. And I think uh, one final thing, we have a whole stage at FinFest where the best investors in Australia will be pitching the thesis for their best investment. So if you want to learn more about building a thesis, there's no better place to do it than FinFest. That's it. Thanks to Stake for powering it. Thank you to Stake for powering FinFest, as well as our other major sponsors, Weno, CoinSpot and Magellan. We cannot wait. There's only 32 days to go, 33 days to go, 32, whatever. 15th of October. (laughs) 15th of October. (laughs) Ren, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting stocks as always, and uh, we'll be back next week. Sounds good. Equity Mates Investing Podcast is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. Equity Mates gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by a range of financial service professionals. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Equity Mates Investing Podcast are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Equity Meets Media does not operate under an Australian financial services license and relies on the exemption available under the Corporations Act 2001 in respect of any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast or video. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equity Mates website where you can find ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equity Mates Media and the hosts of Equity Mates Investing Podcast acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.